Welcome back to the Sculptor Podcast. Today, we are we're privileged to be joined by Jonathan Craig, who is the first team goalkeeper coach at Sunderland Wounds team, which is a really, really interesting one for us because uh, we, we love speaking with people in many, many different areas of football. And I don't think we've actually had a goalkeeper coach on before. And this is cool for me because I'm a goalkeeper. And this is where you can uh, hear myself and Jonathan speak about goalkeeping things. And, and goalkeeping things are small, fine details. And it's it's almost a different sport. But um, anyways, with that being said, Jonathan, if you could give us a quick intro uh, to get to know you a bit more. Yeah. Hi, everybody. And Nick, thank you very much for having me on. So uh, as Nick says, my name's Jonathan Craig and I'm the current uh, first team goalkeeper coach at Sunderland AFC uh, Women. Uh, my coaching career has spanned over 23 years. Uh, I'm a UFA licensed goalkeeping coach. Uh, and I also hold a master's degree in goalkeeping coaching science. Uh, and with all of that, I think you can tell I love goalkeeping. I was a goalkeeper, uh, but at five foot nine, <laughs> never big enough uh, or tall enough to, to make it in a professional game. But delighted that I've had and continuing a professional career in coaching. Yeah, that's really cool. I actually didn't know about the uh, the Masters in Goalkeeping Science, was it? That, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, that sounds like it would be something out of Germany. I, I was living in Germany for the past two years and they've. Uh, it was actually, I couldn't believe it one time. I was just training with a local team um, during the Christmas break and they brought in this goalkeeper coach just for me and he comes with a whole book of the goalkeeping like training exercises that they, that they do, like a straight up like A4 printed book where he's just flipping the pages. And I'm like, only in Germany do you see this. It, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, um, yeah, well, it was uh, recommended to me by a good friend who worked with the Scottish Football Association that was one right. of the speakers on it. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, I found it really, really interesting. A wee bit of an eye opener, just listening from different coaches uh, all across the world and in Europe and um, South America as well. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun for sure. Wow, <laughs> awesome. Well, let's get into the quick fire questions. So, also feel free to pass any of these. Um, what is your favourite football team? Uh, Glasgow Rangers. I'm a big okay. Rangers fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, favourite food? Fillet steak. All right, lovely. What is the most important lesson from coaching that you've learned? That's a bit of a tough one. Um, be receptive. Okay. Always be receptive to everything and it's actually to always evolve. Evolve with the game. Evolve with yeah. the position. And, and the position has changed quite a lot, even in the past <laughs> 10 years. Yes, it has. Crazy. Yeah. This one, I, I actually don't even have an answer myself. So this is why I'd love to hear from you. What's the worst injury that you've ever seen live? A serious concussion. 50-50 ball. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I could hear it on a, from the sideline. It was when I was a coach. Not yeah. nice. Not nice. Yeah, yeah, your heart bleeds for a fellow goalkeeper, or uh, and it was during an academy game as well. It was, yeah, 
not yeah, nice. They aren't nice. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, I think I've seen like one, but never actually like hospitalized or anything like that. It was just like a yeah. knock and they were out for two weeks. But they have to take those very seriously now because of all the um, all of the science that's coming out with it. And with goalkeeping being quite a dangerous position, it's uh, mm-hmm. almost inevitable. It's almost inevitable that it's going to happen to, to a goalkeeper in their career. Yeah. Scary, scary. But that's that's the part of the position for sure. Um, what was your best moment of 2023? I think joining Sunderland, uh, having a really long coaching career and working for some really big clubs in Scotland, England previously, the Scottish Football Association, going out to India. Uh, but to join a a club the size of Sunderland AFC was, yeah, just unbelievable. Absolutely yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, and I think Sunderland has to be one of the most well-known like teams globally because of, one, the Netflix series did, did very well. And yeah. they're just known for the supporters and, yeah. and, and the fan base. And, yeah, lots of, lots of history there. It's a massive, massive achievement for sure. Yeah. Um, now... Who is the best goalkeeper that you've worked with? I need to pass on that because I've been fortunate to work with some unbelievable goalkeepers. Yeah. Each good in their own right. Uh, yeah, just unfortunately, I need to pass on that because there's yeah. been so many. There has yeah, been no, so many. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy when you look at the level across football. The standard is so high. It's just so competitive that, I mean, anything, anything. I think even semi-professional, the standard's so high globally. Yeah. Like when I was in Germany, the fourth division of Germany is semi-pro, but mm-hmm. you've got players who had previously been playing in the first Bundesliga there. And oh, it's wow. like, the standard's just so high. And, it, and it's the same in uh, the National League in England and even National League uh the one below the National League North and South, uh, sixth division. I can't remember what it's. I think it is still called National League. But um, yeah, I had I a friend who was uh, playing in the sixth division in England, and standard is it's crazy. He was actually playing in the first division in Australia, and yeah, it's um, the standard of football all around the world is so mm-hmm. high because it's just so competitive. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> now. What are your favourite gloves? If you even still wear gloves, do you actually still wear gloves? Yeah, no, I'm an old-fashioned goalkeeping coach. Uh, yeah. I'm still a great believer in you got to wear wear goalie gloves. Uh, I've been fortunate to have a sponsorship with uh, it's a coaching company uh, called Evil GK uh, that are based here in the northeast as well. I've worked for them for six years, but they over the past three years have brought out their own range of gloves. So <laughs> I have to say them, but if I was going to talk a brand, uh, probably Adidas. When I worked in Scotland, I wore Adidas gloves. I found them unbelievably comfortable, uh, durable, uh, thinking in what the modern day goalkeeper would like as well uh, and I'd love as a coach it's completely different uh, because you're just you're catching the ball and then serving or you're serving from the ground uh, but yeah so I would say too Adidas has a brand but what I'm currently wearing um, Evo's Evo GK gloves 
yeah. they are excellent gloves. Well designed. Awesome. That's quite interesting to to uh, hear your perspective on on the goalkeeping gloves things as well. And I, when I asked you the question, even if you wear goalkeeper gloves, I realised I know you do because I've seen it in your photos um, mm-hmm. that you do wear the goalkeeper gloves. And uh, I actually don't know many goalkeeper coaches in Australia who wear their gloves. And I don't think I do me- know many in Germany either. It's a bit of a, it, I think it's an, it's, a, it's more of a traditional thing. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. Uh, our current head of goalkeeping, Alessandro, will uh, very rarely wear, wear gloves. It's, I think it's just the way that it's going in the modern day game for goalie coaches not to wear gloves. However, I think it takes away slightly the identity of the goalkeeper coach. You are a goalkeeper yeah. coach. You played, you wear gloves, unless you played in the 1950s. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, for as long as I'll continue coaching, I will always wear gloves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. And I think maybe maybe why more goalkeeper coaches aren't wearing gloves is because I see a lot of the goalkeeper coaches now becoming almost like a second assistant. Yeah. And they, they're doing the tactics. I, I was at uh, one team in Australia where the in the first team, the goalkeeper coach that we had, he literally was just taking care of set pieces, which normally is the assistant's job, but he was actually in, in charge of corners, free kicks, even attacking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah, very very interesting to, to see how that's, that's changing. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Uh, it's the way it is in the modern day game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is for sure. And yeah. It, it is quite an interesting little case study. <laughs> sure. Now, what is your most used app on your phone? Probably Facebook. <laughs> uh, yeah. Probably Facebook. I like to, like, especially with working for a club like Sunderland, I like to put out posts on. Uh, games, results. Uh, I've never put out training footage uh, or very rarely will I ever put out training footage because that's between me and my goalkeepers. Uh, But I will put out results and uh, so forth and that goes in line with Instagram as well. So uh, I would probably say Instagram and Facebook go split down the middle 50-50. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. And is LinkedIn up there as well? Because that's how we connected. Yes, it is. Uh, is I love LinkedIn just uh, because it is a more professional app. It, mm. It's not a social media app. Uh, I'll never use it as that. Uh, it is a professional app when you're connecting with professional people, so such yep. as yourself. So, yeah, no... I really do like LinkedIn and it was my best friend that put me on it over, God, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, And the amount of people that I've connected through that in the football industry has been absolutely crazy. So, uh, yeah, from from a professional point of view, yeah, LinkedIn is well up there. Yeah, 100%. That's the exact same with me. I actually don't have any social media downloaded on my phone other than LinkedIn. And as you kind of said, it's, it's not really social media, especially the way I, I've been using it. And every single football team that I've played for since I started playing has actually come through LinkedIn. And wow. it's, it's crazy to think about. And I think more and more players are going to start 
using LinkedIn for that exact reason. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Now, the last question for you is, what is one thing that you want to complete or can complete very soon on your bucket list? As a coach or just as a person? Just as a person. Just as a person, go to Las Vegas. Go to Las yeah. Vegas. I would, uh, I'm not a gambling man uh, because I don't, I don't believe in, in gambling as a coach. Uh, if a goalkeeper gambles and it, and it comes off wrong, it's going to lead to a goal. So, yeah. however, shows the boutiques, everything there, and just to sample what Las Vegas is like, yeah. Yeah, there would be like no different problems. world. Oh, God, I. <laughs> Most okay. definitely. So, yeah. yeah. That, awesome. that is on my bucket list. Yeah. All right. Well, getting into the main gist of the episode, we want to go through how it's all about the 90 minutes for the goalkeeper. Now, why that is, is because I, I believe that you can have a goalkeeper who's amazing in training and they're amazing outside of the 90 minutes, but put them in a game and it's a completely different scenario. And, and I believe in, in the UK, you have the term as a training goalkeeper. Now, you've got goalkeepers who just are there for training sessions. Now, for me, that's at some teams, we've definitely had that. Um, but at other teams, no one else even knows what that is. So, for example, when I was at Sydney FC, which is the biggest team in Australia, we would have training goalkeepers. Um, but I don't think that the goalkeepers who were the training goalkeepers knew that they were training goalkeepers. They thought they were on trial. And I always felt bad for them. Um, but that's what, that's what we want to talk about today and talking mm -hmm. about the 90 minutes. Now, to, to kick that off, I want to go through what does a standard session look like for you guys with your goalkeepers at Sunderland Women's? So, basically, our our weekly schedule was split into four. So, as far as the goalkeepers are concerned, on a Tuesday, there's a lot of technical work I get set on on a Tuesday because... Currently, we are a hybrid program. We still have part-time players uh, playing for, for us. So, uh, But we've got a lot more professional players than part-time players. So, But for the goalkeepers, it is very much a case of technical ex excellency uh, on a Tuesday, just looking at the various te different techniques of their handling, their shape, uh, their movement patterns, everything across those really, really basic techniques. And you would like to think at first team level that they will have these nailed down. However, I'm a great believer in once a week, just constantly refining every little technical detail uh, within that day. Uh, we then look at a Wednesday, which is an intensive session very, very high levels of tempo, uh, high loading within the work ethic. I'm a great believer in quality uh, over quantity. So when they're working, they will work for a maximum with me three reps, no more. Uh, I'm currently working with two first-team goalkeepers as well. So... 
between the two sides, they're obviously getting six repetitions within the content, but it's extremely high intensity levels covering very, very big areas within the goal uh, with various different movement patterns and uh, and yeah, just to cover the most distance within the full-size goal. Uh, so then going on to a Thursday, uh, which is a tactical base session. So we've done our homework on the opponent uh, and Thursday is my main tactical day to get in the information uh, to my goalkeepers, what they're going to expect, but also interlining what we want our goalkeepers to do in possession as well. So the themes will both come together. Uh, so there's a lot of in possession scenarios leading into out of possession scenarios to what they're going to face on Sunday. So there's a lot of thought process put behind that from obviously myself and what the manager wants from the goalkeepers as well and the build-up, how we're going to play out, if we're going to play out uh, and also what we're going to do within the defensive unit as well. Are we going to sit in a mid-block, a low block? Are we going to press the team's high? So then my content will always start with an, uh, tactical positioning as soon as it gets uh, as soon as it gets to the out of possession element. So there is a lot, a lot of planning uh, put into especially a Thursday session. And then on the Saturday, match day minus one, we don't train on the Friday. Match day minus one uh, is very generic with an tactical positioning to what we covered on the Thursday with very much a two to a maximum a three shot sequence if that and it's just reiterating the same points. There's not there's not a great deal of coaching is involved within the Saturday because they have been given all the information on a Thursday. And then game on a Sunday. Wow. So it really from from Tuesday to to match day minus one. You're just essentially just building on each day. It seems yeah. like so you've got your technique on the Tuesday, and yeah. you just continue to build uh, until was it the Thursday where you're doing uh, the Wednesday was much more intense, and then the Thursday much you're more. starting to do the principles, the the, the yeah. an analysis, things like that, and then the Saturday, match day minus one, kind of just doing a, a more refined summary of everything, and yeah. then of course Sunday game day, game day, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So I've got a lot of different notes here that I wanted to go through. So we mentioned on the Tuesday is the technique side of things. Now you're only working with two goalkeepers. Is that right? Just two? Just two. Okay. That, that probably makes it a little bit easier. So at the, at the moment, the team that I'm with, I think mm -hmm. we have around five goalkeepers, which is very good for doing yeah. more drills. But of yeah. course it means you're getting less action. Yeah. Uh, so how do you manage the the training and the and the technique work that you do with your goalkeepers especially if for example 
uh, and you did mention this, you would hope, and, and you probably are at the point where your goalkeepers have all technique uh, at, a, at a good enough level that you don't have to necessarily uh, start from zero to get them up to a level. But but yeah. how do you make sure that on that Tuesday or in the following days that you don't miss something? For example, if, if, the, if your goalkeeper doesn't work on her kicking that week and then yeah. it turns out that come match day, she really needed to work on her kicking, yeah. how do you actually make sure proactively that you're ticking all the boxes before match day? So uh, on uh, on a Thursday uh, we have or a Thursday morning uh, we have an IDP session, so individual development plan session. So on on that day, I will only work with one goalkeeper, my one full time goalkeeper. The other one is part time. Uh, she comes in on a on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, and a Thursday evening and the Saturday, because she's obviously not at work. Uh, so for her, it's obviously a lot more difficult. I can't, she'll have the more all-round generic sessions within the themes, but for my full-time goalkeeper, we will work intensively on levels of distribution, things that she's picked for her IDP, uh, but also the areas that I feel she needs to really, really work on it. We've got a really good relationship, so we we have total agreement in what she's picked uh, for her IDP. However, if I'm designing a session and I'm wanting to tick a wee bit of impossession leading to, say, for instance, a defending area cross-ball scenario, I can then go and work on that within the Tuesday session. So some Tuesday sessions will be a lot around handling techniques, movement in and around the goal, positioning in line, the the depth that they show within their goal. But then the following week can be very much a generic session. And I want you to go and have the ability to go and play to leading into a cross ball defending area situation. So... It all depends on how how I feel, what they need, but also if there is something that has really stood out from the Sunday game that I feel needs addressing, uh, but not doing a session as a punishment, per se, uh, that I want them to cover a lot of distribution. I want them to hit high percentages in their pass completion uh, when they're playing into, beyond, or onto. Uh, so I will always tweak and design my sessions around around these sort of uh, scenarios. Yeah, right. And then you mentioned how you've got one goalkeeper full-time uh, yeah. and then the other part-time. So how long do you actually get to spend with the goalkeepers uh, in a normal training session? Because I assume, of course, you've got uh, the Tuesday where you were focusing on technique, Wednesday you're doing a bit more intense stuff, and then the Thursday, the IDP, which personally I, I really love that uh, concept. I think it's mainly a UK thing. I know that uh, yeah. I've, I've seen the IDP programs quite a lot, and when I was younger, 
I did my own little thing. I remember I saw this Chelsea FC video about Billy Gilmore, who's a, who's a, who was a, a youth player at the time and he's just breaking through. And I saw him have this like yeah. little sheet of paper and it was like IDP program. And I literally, I was like, I got to make my own version of that. And it, <laughs> I, no one, no one does it in Australia. And I didn't see it in Germany either. Um, but I love, I love having that. It, it, I think it's a very, yeah. very good thing. Um, but ha- how, how long do you actually get with your goalkeepers in a session? Because of course, they've still got to do their team training. Maybe they're in possession. Yeah. Maybe it's small side of games. How long is that? Yeah, so I'm fortunate that I'm working with unbelievable staff uh, from the manager, assistant manager, S&C. Uh, so we always have meetings. So basically on a Tuesday, I'll go out early with the goalies. Uh, so I'll get about between 35 and 50 minutes with me going out early. Wednesdays, they'll they'll be involved in the team warm-up uh, because I'm a great believer and they need to be good athletes as well. Uh, so they'll do high-intensity sprints uh, before coming to me and then they'll get a good 30-minute blast. And it is a proper blast. On a Thursday... It's a wee bit more uh, difficult with us, especially training at night. Uh, it's it's a team in possession night, so uh, so the manager always wants the goalkeepers involved very very quickly. But we've got a we've got an unbelievable system at the football club called uh, the Okalu. Uh, look it oh, up. Yes, I know yeah. it. Yeah, we've got one of those systems at our football club. So wow. I do, yeah, I'm very lucky. <laughs> I do a lot of working there prior to the training session starting and it'll consist of tactical positioning, cross balls, cutbacks, leading into basic handling. Uh, I'll always keep them on their feet to then when we go into the indoor arena, uh, I will be hitting the main parts of my session so I can get in all the information that I need to get into what they're going to face uh, in possession and out of possession as well. So it's, uh, once again, it'll be a good half hour, 35 minutes maximum. And then on a Saturday, 15 minutes. But, I'm happy with that because they've had their load, they've had the work, they've had the information most importantly throughout the week and then Saturdays are just very generic as far as the entire session is concerned from my point of view as I said previously to then what they do with the team as well which is small sided games and can't beat small sided games for a goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And that that Okulu thing, I've seen it on LinkedIn. It's crazy. Crazy. It's, yeah. Do you do you get your goalkeepers in that often? Do they yeah. do they always want to be in it? Like like is that a massive thing for these guys? Yeah, they love it. Yeah, they love it, and I love it. The day I walked into the football club, uh, they said, "Go and take Jono down to the Okulu." I'm like, it's an Okulu. Twenty-three years coaching, I never heard of this thing, and then. Saw saw the lights, saw what it does, and I was like, oh, my God, this is insane. This is brilliant. So yeah. uh, I use it once a week. 
uh, on a Thursday, uh, always on a Thursday, and it just that what it brings to obviously them being warmed up and ready and everything firing in their heads. Uh, it, unbelievable piece of machinery, unbelievable. So I'm very lucky uh, yeah. to have it. Definitely, and, and for the for the viewers who are watching. I'm going to put a bit of a video so that they can actually see what that is because it's uh, for, for anyone who doesn't understand what it is and they're just listening to this, they will, yeah, that, you wouldn't even be able to conceptualize it. It's basically just this dark room of lights that is, it, it's, it, the ball comes out of different places, right? And it yeah. goes different, the, the, yeah. the, the mental stimulus, it's, it's everywhere and, it, and it's all about focus and reaction time. It's amazing. Amazing yeah. to watch. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Hundred percent. Very very cool. I trust my left foot over any machine, though. So I never use the machine. I just use the lights. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's it's an unbelievable piece of machinery, and the way that it's really helped my goalkeepers, especially uh, in their quickness and their reactions and how quickly they see the ball coming. Uh, it's really stood out, especially this season as well with uh, my current first choice. Just to give you a wee bit of stats, Cal uh, put it all together just the other day, along with our analysis guy. Uh, her save percentage for the full season of last season was 56% uh, for a 22-game season. We have got nine games to go, and her save percentage on uh, at her highest is eighty six percent. Yeah, yeah. That's that was my reaction to seeing this in front of me, and I was yeah. like, "Wow, wow!" And everything that we we do at the club and Nogaloo is a massive, massive part of that as well. Yeah. Wow. That's. <laughs> That, that that's actually also like such a high save percentage. It's crazy it's as well. Crazy. Like, wow. Don't get me wrong. Defenders have a lot uh, to do with that as well. They protected yeah. are really, really well. And I'll never be selfish and just saying it's all down to the goalie. <laughs> it's a collective as a team. Uh, but yeah, when I saw that uh, just on Monday, I was like, wow. Mm. Wow, uh, I might have had some choice language <laughs> uh, to use as well because to go from what uh, she'd done last season to already doing this season, unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. And you almost think like it's the other goalkeepers who can't access this technology, like myself, like I'm thinking if, if I get a, a massive increase like that, that's like 30% increase. I mean, yeah. maybe I wouldn't be at the level I am today. Maybe I'd be at a, a in even better team. Like, it, it's it's crazy to see that difference. Yeah, no, most definitely. And uh, I know some goalkeeper coaches might think differently and so forth. But the way that the modern day game is, technology can only help uh, within the development and how goalkeepers evolve. Uh, because football in, in general, especially women's football, like I came into it, Nick, off of a 
22 years working in the men's game other than uh, working with Scotland women. Uh, I was constantly in the men's game and I was thinking to myself, taking this job at a massive football club, but what's it going to be like? I had a very, very small uh, stint with Hibs women before I took the job at Sunderland. Uh, but even there, I was like, by the way, these girls can play. And these girls are good athletes and they're good technicians as far as goalkeeping is concerned. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a major, major eye-opener, that's for sure. Uh, and you learn a lot about yourself and how you coach differently, especially within within the game, the female game. But coming back to having all of this technology and uh, different thought processes from different coaches and how we get the best out of our players, our female players, it's, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Can't beat it. Yeah, 100%. Now, I, I used a technology for my game and I, I saw a massive difference in uh, my footwork, what it was. So maybe you're familiar with blaze pods, the reaction lights. Use them. Yeah. So uh, I think maybe three years ago, I was, I was fortunate enough to be sponsored by them and that came through LinkedIn. And it was, it literally, my, my footwork improved so much. Yeah. And it was something that I saw. I didn't really know that you could actually get that much of a visible uh, difference just yeah. through like training. I thought that the, the training, okay, I've got to be doing this for like five years to really truly see the difference uh, from mm -hmm. where I started to where I am now. And, and to, be, to be fair, that, that still is valid for, for many things. Like my technique has just been slowly refining for many years, but the, the quick... Uh, skill acquisition you can get from these technologies it, it, it's it's unreal and yeah, um, yeah it, your your stat that you got the 30 percent increase is a testimony to that for sure yeah 100 percent. and uh as you said about blaze pods as well now i i use them on occasions especially last season as well with us only being part-time or the players being part-time i used them a lot for uh, visual cues for mm. different positions uh, so how visually can they see when it's going into a cutback? How visually can they see, right, there it is, it's out wide for a crossing situation then to leading into something different? Uh, but, yeah, it's whatever the coach can do or the player individually can do with technology uh, to go and enhance his or her performance and gives it different elements for coaches as well. Completely different elements within training, especially if you're working in lower numbers as well. Uh, yeah. Like I do on a daily basis at Sunderland. So, yeah, um, I'm a great believer in technology. Try it. If it works for you, of course, use it. If it doesn't work for you, then you move on and there's no harm or no foul within it. 100%, 100%. And that kind of takes me on to the next uh, topic that I wanted to ask about, which was with the session plans, how do you take into account uh, from the Sunday, how the performance was, to the Tuesday where you're actually basing the, the session off a of Sunday? And then on top of that, everything with the technology, your efficiency goes up drastically through these technologies. So how do you go through uh, planning planning your week? 
so planning the week, I will always plan on a two-day basis because I, I always know what a Tuesday and a Wednesday is going to look like. Uh, to then leading into looking at the most that I want out of basically their contact time with the football on the Tuesday. How many catches can they make? How many saves can they make? How many successful pieces of distribution can they make uh, within the session, depending on, obviously, the, the main theme within the session? The Wednesday, I am a great believer in when you're doing high intensity, how many of the last save do they make, especially when it's getting near the end of the session? So sometimes my session will look like, for instance, one that I'll always go to, hurdle, jump, movement, lateral base movement towards the pole, lateral or crossover base movements to go to the opposite side, pull out top corner. You're doing four rapid, get up, sprint, go again. I will always look at, especially when I'm analysing the session back because I video every session, uh, how many saves did they make on the fourth? Mm. And then that shows me what they're putting into the session. However, if I see them saving themselves until the last one, I will say to them, you're saving yourself until the last one. No, I would rather see you making the three and then showing a really, really good effort, especially if I'm putting it near the top corner to see you going. But if on the fourth shot of the third sequence, uh, you're going and you're making that save, then you are giving me absolutely everything and beyond. So... I'm a great believer in that and it's always worked for me because I will always refer or I'll feed that back to the goalies as well. Look how many times you made the four save. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Keep on showing me that work and that desire to most importantly keep the ball at the back of the net. Uh, on a Thursday and obviously a Saturday, as I said previously, uh, We've had the meetings. We know exactly what we're going to face uh, as a staff. We've had the unit meetings, which I deliver with the back line or all the defenders. Uh, the pivot, which is in England, that's either the six or the eight. Or the eight. If, for instance, if somebody plays in a 4-3-3 and you play with two pivots, there's your six and your eight. I'll have the meetings with them and how teams are going to uh, exploit or try to exploit you so then but then go in line with what we want to do in possession when we're building up uh, and then how can the goalkeeper then within certain elements in possession be that third centre half it's, it's a massive part of the game nowadays so then putting it all together uh, to do the possession element to then now possession element as well and fitting it into the timings as well and sometimes having lesser, less goalkeepers isn't so bad as long as 
myself as a coach can really put together a great deal of content that they're getting the most out of the session, both in and out of possession. And then the Saturday, Saturday just takes care of itself, really. Uh, very generic uh, with my planning and uh, and what's needed just to reiterate the same elements and the same points. Yeah, amazing. Now, one, one thing that I really wanted to think about with you was you mentioned that the fourth save on the exercise that you mentioned with the hurdle, lateral, side to side, top corner, four times in a row, the correlation between the emphasis you put on the fourth save that the goalkeeper makes and the effort they put into that, yeah. why is that such a big deal for you when we're talking about a game situation? Because what does that character show you that you think this is why they're the, the, they're the first choice or maybe this is why they're going to earn their position to the first choice goalkeeper? Outstanding question and a very, very easy answer. Big moments, big saves, big moments. You put in the work during the week and I'll give you a scenario. Last Sunday, we played a game, Sheffield United, we won 3-0 and my goalkeeper was quiet throughout the game but the level of concentration and that's where the fitness comes into it from the Wednesday if you are mentally and physically fit to go and make that fourth save, then when it comes down to when you have to make that big save at the big moment, she made the big save, 90 seconds later we go 1-0 up. That's why I put so much emphasis on the fourth save. And I think you can tell by the spin on my face. It brings me joy to see that because... She has, they have worked so, so hard on that Wednesday session. And when I'm saying the last wee bit, push, when you're tired, you could be mentally drained, having nothing to do, then all of a sudden, bang, you're in the game. Can you make that big save? And she made that big save. And then she made a second big save at 2-0 with... Six minutes to go is stoppage time, and then we had seven minutes added on time. So there's 13 minutes that 2 1, totally different ball game. And that was the two main parts that she had to do on Sunday. So that's why I will always put emphasis on the last save to then leading into the Sunday. Big moment, big save. 90 seconds later, we're 1-0 up. <laughs> yeah, that's so, amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I've done that from the very beginning when I became a professional coach. Just said, listen, guys, girls, there will be times in games as a development goalkeeper as and as a first-choice goalkeeper, you will have to make big saves at big moments and that's what you will get judged upon. And... If I've got two goalkeepers that are making the four save, then I've got two amazing goalies. Uh, so, yeah, just that's what we're there to do as coaches, physically and mentally get them ready. Uh, but that's their job as goalkeepers. As you know, uh, it's that big save that will make them stand out from the rest. Mm, amazing. It's amazing. Now, I love the attention to detail there. 
and the correlation between the mindset and, and the mental fitness there. Now, I wanted to see, have you got any other kind of cues that you look at in a player that will help you judge uh, how you believe they will then play in a game? For example, the way that their body language is, how they turn up to training. Maybe they're late to training. Maybe they're very early to training. Maybe they ask you if they can stay back uh, and do some extra stuff with you. Maybe they want to be there before and do some extra stuff with you. What are these uh, cues that help you have a bit more confidence in the goalkeeper that you're working with? Once again, it's a it's a brilliant question. It's a fantastic question. Uh, I found it a wee bit difficult, especially in the women's game. Uh, with my, my current first choice, I don't think she would mind me saying our timekeeping can be suspect at times, but very, very minimum. Uh, but I'm a great believer in looking at our body language within the warm-up prior to the game. But not only that, what she's like on a match day minus one in the small side of games. As I say, I'm a great believer in within a match day minus one. And I've taken this since becoming a professional coach. You have got to be at it on your last training session before a game. Part-time football, it might be different. Uh, you, your your final training session might be a match day minus three if they train on the Thursday uh, or a match day minus two uh, and but on a match day minus one I will constantly say you must be at it within my session to then going into the small side of games show me you're on it and then I look at, I'm a great believer in body language. I feel I read body language really, really well. And I'm fortunate with the two goalkeepers that I do have at Sunderland, that the qualities that they have uh, and the levels of their drive to go and do well, uh, I believe they always will. Don't get me wrong, everybody makes mistakes. Manuel Neuer makes mistakes. Alisson makes mistakes. Everybody does. However, if I can see the best version of themselves after that, or if something doesn't go right, then I've got trust in them. And I've built that trust right away uh, from as soon as I walk into a club. Like, we talk a lot about GK Union. I don't call it a union, I call it a family because there's that constant togetherness uh, where we're always together, we'll always have disagreements. A union, you can go away and you can talk in that corner or you can talk in that corner, but no, not in a family. You bring it all together and, uh, you, and I make them feel a part of that as long as you give me everything and I will give you everything else in return. Uh, and that's just a given. And then when I see body language and how they carry themselves within the training, within the games, I just go, yeah, I can trust her or I can trust him to go and do well within my family. Yeah, very, very powerful. I like the, I like the analogy with the difference because, yeah, you are right. There's, I mean... With, within a 
goalkeeping group that's called a union you could say it's there's clicks with inside of that as well where yeah. it will be uh specific things and some people are outside of it but mm-hmm. the family part is is definitely um I, I like that for sure uh you also mentioned that you you pay attention to the reaction of a mistake and that leads into uh what i thought about as you mentioned on the saturday match day minus one when you go into the small sided games now small sided games as a goalkeeper is difficult because <laughs> your your everything that the goalkeeper does it'll be punished whether it's yeah. a pass that's to the wrong foot of the player the yeah. goalkeeper will be punished because that player loses the ball and even if they don't score off that it's mm-hmm. still punished because we've lost possession yeah. and the goalkeeper is always scrutinized even if they're doing the right thing they will be blamed because they're the easiest point to blame. The easiest target, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So how do you work with your goalkeepers in these situations when they typically are going to be facing the most amount of mistakes out of probably most players, to be fair, because the players can make a mistake and not be punished for it at the level a goalkeeper is? I'll always say to them, especially within that sort of scenario in the match they minus one in the small side of games, I say... Go and enjoy, go and perform. You are not going to save everything. You're not always going to complete a pass. It's a given. But do not let it affect you. The best way for you then to rectify any sort of error is have the best goalkeeping action in and out of possession the next time you face it, basically. So when you're in possession, go and complete the pass. When you're out of possession, go and make that save. And then that just tells me right away that the previous error, I don't like using the word error. I'm a great believer in, and I use this, especially with younger goalies, mistakes are a catalyst for learning. Learn from the mistake. So... Use it as, don't use the word mistake, use that piece of action that didn't go well as a catalyst for learning. How quickly can you learn from that? That piece of action that didn't work for you, either in or out of possession. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of a interview with Pep Guardiola when he's speaking mm. about Edison. Mm. And... He says the best thing about Edison is he's got a very, very short memory. He doesn't even <laughs> remember what he did last last pass. Like yeah. everything is very short-term memory for goalkeepers. And and I have a bit of um, a belief with, with goalkeeping. And it's uh, to a degree, you have to be crazy and, and, and delusional. And and it's, it's it sounds stupid and it's probably a little bit extreme, but also being aware that that's the, the mindset that you have to be in because – if you overthink, I, I typically am an overthinker. And the more I think, the more that gets me in trouble. But mm-hmm. also, if I'm able to identify that the more I'm thinking, it's hindering me, then I have to then realize that, okay, I've got to think like that now. And it's crazy that in life, in, in the life that we've chosen as goalkeepers, we actually have to do everything that our body is telling us not to do. Yeah. Our body, naturally, is telling us to... Oh, okay. I've got to sit on this for a bit. I've got to analyze, you know, the playing field. And then, but actually the best goalkeepers in the world literally forget about it. 
and instinctively this yeah. is not what our instinct tells us right yeah but we have to train ourselves up here sometimes mm-hmm. even more than with our feet or with our hands totally and agree totally it's, agree. It's, it's such a unique thing hey yeah totally agree uh especially in the modern day game the way the modern day game is for goalkeepers not only male goalkeepers but female as well that that needs to be on a totally different level and that for a goalkeeping coach is you basically you need to be a psychologist you need to be a psychologist you need to be a counselor you need to be a friend you need to you need to be their coach you need to be so much on a day-to-day basis to get your goalkeeper to perform not only for yourself uh, and their self, but to perform for the club as well. Because at the end of the day, in first-team football, uh, it's it's kill or be killed, basically. Uh, You could be pushing for leaks. You could be fighting off relegation. You could be pushing for playoffs. And uh, our current number one at Sunderland, Anthony Patterson, I have never seen a boy so cool under pressure. Honest to God, he sometimes he'll frighten fans with how relaxed he is in possession of the football, but he is just so calm. He's just so calm, especially for a, a younger goalkeeper as well. So, And yeah, this up here is either your or your head is your it could be your best friend but it could be your worst enemy as well there is never going to be an in-between especially for goalkeepers so the biggest piece of advice that i would give to the viewers would be if you can especially for coaches if you can train the mind first and foremost and then everything else will come together the technical the tactical the physical and obviously, the psychological side is the mind. Work on that first, and then you'll know he or she, ah, they're goalies. Yep. They're goalies. They're going to have the, the thought process and the mindset to go and be goalies. Yeah, awesome. And it is such a difficult thing for goalkeepers because, I mean, we've just been talking about all the physical training that that you've been doing at Sunderland. But what coach is working with us on the field, on the mental side? They can't. That's not not their job. And this is where uh, maybe even at Sunderland, you guys have a psychologist. Uh, Yeah. yeah? Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. So I don't think at any team in Australia that they've actually got a psychologist. In Germany, it's mandatory uh, for a professional team to have a psychologist, I believe. Although... The team that I was with, we were in the third division and we were classified as a professional team. We didn't have one, but we did just get promoted. Um, But the reason for that was actually because in Germany, they had a very, very sad situation with one of the best goalkeepers in the 70s, I believe. And, oh no, maybe even the 90s. And he actually ended up uh, committing suicide because of it. And now it's, it's now mandatory for football clubs to have a psychologist in, in the professional leagues. And it's, uh, it's because it's, what you were talking about is that proactive approach. And that's something that I, I really believe in. And I do all of my work, uh, my mental side work uh, every every day. And and if, if anyone uh, is listening to this episode who's listened to my podcasts before 
they would know how seriously I take that. And it's such a proactive approach because exactly what I just explained to you, what the German uh, goalkeeper had, he had the reactive approach and we yeah. can't let that happen. And yeah. it's all about being proactive before that happens. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm guaranteeing that uh, the current number one goalkeeper at Sunderland, he would be doing the proactive stuff because you don't wake up one day and just naturally, oh, he's pressing me. Uh, I'll hold the ball for, for two seconds longer and yeah. then play the defender. That doesn't come naturally. That yeah. doesn't come naturally. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. It's all it's all up here, especially for goalkeepers, I think. Yeah. No, totally agree. Zero yeah. argument against that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jonathan, I'm aware of the time, and I want to close with the last question that we have for all of our guests, which is what are three ways that you sculpt yourself on a daily basis or you help your players sculpt themselves on a daily basis. Now, what that is, is essentially, we've been talking about sculpting this whole time. Refining, yeah. working smarter and harder, and improving. That's what I see as sculpting. So what are three ways you or your players sculpt themselves on a daily basis? Uh, so firstly, on myself, I will review every single session that I do, uh, from analysing the session plan to the information that I put within the session plan to then going and lining with watching back the session when I'm clipping it for the goalkeepers, listening to every single piece of detail that I give within that, and then most importantly, from the goalkeeper's specific actions that I have coached, do they implement that within the next action when they face the necessary situation, shot, cut back, cross, pressure on the ball, uh, when they're in possession. So that would be the three, way, or that is the three ways that I do it. From the goalkeeper's point of view, uh, it's feeding back to me on on their session, uh, what they felt that they'd done well, first and foremost, and then leading into areas that they feel that need slight development within that that session within the themes of that that session basically. I know you asked for three, but that would be always be the two to for them to really, really focus on and feedback to me. But the third one would be next session within these themes and these elements, do they implement it right away? Or do they come to me and say, Jono, what about this? What would I do within this situation? But um, as I said uh, earlier on, very lucky I'm blessed with two brilliant goalkeepers uh, who are intelligent in their own rights, who take in all the information and implement every piece of information that I give them uh, within various different goalkeeping actions both in and out of possession. So I am lucky that way. Yeah, awesome. Well, there's so much in there. And I think that the main thing that I see with you, it's it's that reflection and learning. You definitely, you're always wanting to learn. And I think that I see that yeah. through the, the way that we spoke today is, is you also want to help the, the goalkeepers improve. And I see that you're very grateful for them uh, reciprocating that same that same energy back, which is, it's really, really cool to see. And I think honestly, it's it's, it's very common for goalkeeper coaches to have this because we, it's the goalkeeping family, right? 
Yeah. And 100%. Every, we, we have to think a specific way to even be a goalkeeper, as I said. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it's, it's so awesome to see Jonathan. And, and, and seriously, thank you so much for your time today. It was uh, an amazing episode to sit down and speak with you. So, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. No, my pleasure, Nick. And uh, thank you very much for having me on. And, uh, yeah, hopefully the response from your viewers and your listeners is really, really positive because I've thoroughly enjoyed this, even though it's now five past 12 uh, in the morning here in, in beautiful Sunderland. Uh, but no, th- this has been brilliant. And uh, thank you very much for having me. Awesome. Well, what I'll do quickly is I'll stop the recording.